0: Hello, hello friends. This is Lindsay, your local late-blooming lesbian. Today I am going to talk to you about my experience going to therapy with an abusive partner, how that went for me, how long it went on, and what I know now that I'm out of the situation about attempting couples therapy with someone who really doesn't want to change. Okay, so first things first, I want to say that I am on day two of trying to decide whether or not I want to dabble in posting my podcast episodes on YouTube or if YouTube is just not for me, so uh, bear with me. Still, like I said, just testing the waters. I am in my car again. Um, I feel like this might actually be a thing um, if I decide to keep this up. My car is my office, Um, I'm a sign language interpreter, so I'm all over the place, and uh, you, you get what you get with me. I am just a messy, kind of all over the place human, so yeah, bear with me. As usual, I have my ever important disclaimer to remind you all that I'm not an expert. I am coming at you with two and a half years of experience having been with an abusive partner. Um... They are not a diagnosed narcissist because as we know about narcissists, they mostly don't go to therapy. However, they fit every single little box. They're very textbook. Um, So I feel comfortable sharing this with you, but keep in mind that this is my experience. This is the way that I um, took things in, interpreted things, learned from things, etc., And I am not here to give you advice, fix your relationship, tell you how to get out, although I can tell you what I did and what works for me. So um, thank you for listening and take everything with a grain of salt. So I just did, um, I did a blog post on this the other day and I was like, well, that's probably a pretty good thing to talk about on the podcast. Um, Yeah, I remember it was right around when COVID hit. COVID was hitting. Like we were just starting to learn about it. It was taking over in China, Italy, Spain. We were kind of watching them, but not doing anything about it. I'm sure you all remember this, right? Um, what February, March of 2020. And I remember they started talking about, you know, going into lockdown, staying home for an extended period of time, trying to get through this. And we didn't know how long it was going to be. At that time, I had been with my partner for about eight months. We had been living together for five months, but staying together for eight months, right? We just, I mean, narcissists, boom, I'm going to be with you all the time. I'm not letting you have your own space, etc. Um, And I remember I came home one day and I was like, the amount of problems that we have, I can tell you right now that we will not make it through this however long we're going to be stuck at home with each other, not working, not seeing friends, not doing X, Y, Z. So we reached out and we got a couples therapist and, um, right off the bat, we started talking about how vastly different we were about how I am raising my son, what they wanted, um, in terms of being a quote unquote parent, I'll say caregiver because I don't want to think of them as a parent. They did. Do a lot for my son, but as I know now, since I've been out, it was um, not necessarily for the intent that I thought it was while I was in it. That's another story. I would love to talk about how narcissists use children and pets as pawns, but that is not where we're at today. So off the bat, um, therapy seemed like it was working for us. We would both be heard, right? We had a mediator, so it was like you know they would say their bit and then i would respond or i would say my bit and they would respond and i have never done therapy with a partner before but it felt like normal it felt like progress was being made because again like i was being heard at least by the therapist the therapist would echo back what i said you know we would go through the whole spiel for 60 minutes blah 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 and um sometimes we saw what i thought was progress and sometimes immediately after the call back to not good, right? And so I guess for me, I just want to say that it was very confusing because you convince yourself, well, if they're putting in the time and the money, especially because at least in my relationship, my my ex was very stingy with their money and they just didn't spend a lot of money and um the fact that they were willing to spend, you know, therapy is not cheap all this money for a over a year we went to therapy together that they must really be trying so they must actually not be a narcissist because why like narcissists don't do that right according to google they don't put in work they don't go to therapy they don't apologize they don't whatever so that really did keep me around i think much longer than it would have had we never gone to couples therapy it allowed me to justify certain things in our relationship because they were willing to go to therapy. They must have really wanted to stay with me and work things out with me and my child, right? So from what I have learned and in hindsight, because keep in mind, like I am not coming up with this information on my own. I'm researching. I am consuming content from self-aware narcissists like Lee Hammock at Mental Healness. He's on all over like every social media ever. And people who are narcissistic abuse experts. Like I, these are not my original ideas about what happened in my relationship, but from what I have learned, my ex most likely was using therapy as a way to keep me around longer. And it worked, right? Like I just said, it worked. Another thing, and I think the most dangerous thing about having gone to therapy with them was that they were then able to gather information about my own trauma, my own like needs and wants in the relationship and then use those against me. So a lot of times after therapy, um, you know, if we got in an argument, they could say things to me like, well, you're just upset because your mom wasn't around when you were little or because you're a middle child. You just need so much more attention than other people, which like, what? Um, you know, they were just like, listen to what I was saying to the therapist, take it, twist it, and then use it to their advantage. If they're not the ones who are causing me my pain, my grief, my anger, my resentment or whatever, you know, that's a me problem. There's nothing they can really do about it, but like exist and continue like trying so hard so that they can support me through my middle childness or whatever. And another thing that they'll do is they will learn therapy, like buzzwords to use them against you. Um, or they could right. everyone's different. I don't want to like, for example, if I'm telling a story of something that my ex did and yours doesn't, I really don't want you to use that to then say, well, mine doesn't do that. So they must not be a narcissist or they must not be abusive because that's not the point. Like all of our relationships, all of our experiences are going to look different. Some of us are being abused by parents, siblings, um, bosses, whatever that might be. So I definitely, you know, again, take everything with a grain of salt. This is my experience. I don't want anyone to be like, Oh, mine doesn't do that. So whatever. But one of the things that we talked about, Oh, I'm sorry about the lighting. The lighting is just horrible in here. But one of the things we talked about a lot in therapy was attachment style, attachment wounds, right? The um, anxious and avoidant or the pursuer and the, um, I don't remember what the therapy used like different words for it, but then my ex would use those kinds of things like, right? Attachment is a very real thing, and I'm very aware of my attachment, my attachment wounds, what I've been working on, what I need to still work on, why I'm like this, etc. But they would just, you know, say, like, oh, this is just your attachment, like you know, I, again, like I have nothing to do with this when in reality, again, I'm not an expert, but like, if you're in a secure relationship, your attachment wounds can surface and the secure partner sees that, acknowledges it and is able to like support you through it or just, you know, set up a safe space for you to heal. In these kinds of situations, they know that you're anxious and they feed on that. So they see you being anxious. They make you feel more anxious by calling you out being like, you know, instead of seeing you anxious about XYZ and trying to find a way to make this easier for both of us, I'm going to like poke the bear and make you even more anxious. And the most dangerous thing in my situation was that my ex convinced me that I had disorganized attachment, which I do not looking back on my past relationships and where I'm at now. Uh, disorganized attachment is very similar looking, um, to, um, CPTSD. And I most likely was just showing CPTSD symptoms from all of the crap that I was going to. Again, I'm not an expert, so I know there are going to be people who call me out like, why are you like throwing out all this, these diagnoses and whatnot? But like, let's be real. My partner, convinced me that I had something wrong with me, which I did, but it was something completely different. And that thing that was wrong with me that I was struggling with was most likely was being caused by them, exacerbated by them at the very least. Um, and they knew that they very much are aware of what they're doing with your own mental health struggles. Um, and so another thing was that like, they would come to therapy and they would have their mask on. So, you could have just gotten in a horrible fight, but they're going to sit down at therapy calm, you know, level headed, seemingly the one who's just secure and healthy and like trying to support you and trying to save the relationship. When in reality, they've just literally driven you crazy, gotten, you know, sat down next to you at therapy, and, you know, you do feel crazy because you're, you know, the real them and the therapist just sees them as again, calm and you seem anxious, nervous, like you can't get a handle on things, even though your partner is consistently showing up to do whatever. And the therapist doesn't see what's going on like off screen. Cause it was virtual and you have been so gaslit, so manipulated. So whatever that you don't feel safe and comfortable showing up and saying, actually right before this, They were saying X, Y, Z to me, and last night, I tried to leave the house, and they tackled me and wouldn't let me leave. Like, I can remember my ex saying, we got into a physical fight, and the way that they worded it made the therapist sit there and go, oh, I bet Lindsay was agitated and, like, I don't know, like, threw a pillow at the other person and you know, it wasn't that big of a deal because they both seem really calm or whatever. When like a trauma-informed therapist would have been like, wait, okay, so let's talk about this fight. Um, Because my ex was, you know, again, very calm and I would have been the one crying and agitated. And the way that they worded it made it seem like it wasn't a big deal. When in reality, like these were things that if the police had been called and they believed me, which they would have because sometimes I had bruises on my body, um this person would have probably been arrested for those things. So again, it's a matter of, you know, them convincing the therapist that they're the one that's trying, they're the calm one, they're just desperate to fix the relationship and you are unstable and you are whatever it might look like. I can remember two very specific instances where I said some things to the therapist that should have been, I would think mega red flags. Um, and they were just kind of brushed over for whatever reason. I am sure that the therapist isn't like a trauma informed therapist, probably not an expert on this kind of emotional abuse. Um, but at one point I remember, Uh, my ex put their arm around me to comfort me when I was crying. And the therapist kind of paused and said, Lindsay, what does it say to you when they do that? And I said, I know what it should say. It should say that they are here to comfort me, that I'm safe, that I can say these things. And like, we're in a safe little world here. And I said, but I know that as soon as we hang up this call, they're going to go back to their usual behavior and I won't be safe. Like that's such a red flag. Like now looking back, remembering, saying that and feeling that way, I can't imagine the therapist not being like, hold on, wait, what, what are you saying here? But I feel like after all that therapy that the therapist probably was like, this girl is so insecure. Like nobody can help her, but Hey, I'm getting paid the other thing that I said that now just like blows my mind that the therapist didn't like pull me aside and ask about my safety was, um, I said, so my ex was saying something and the therapist was like, Hey, um, Lindsay, what do you have to say about this? And I said, I don't want to answer this because I know that whatever I say will eventually be used against me. Red flag, right? So at this point, you know, after having been in therapy for a year, I'm starting to see all the bullshit, feel all the bullshit, starting to figure out like the clouds are starting to fade and I'm starting to figure out that it's not me, right? This whole time I've been doing all this research, trying to figure out what's wrong with me, what I can fix, how I can save them the relationship, us, whatever, make this work. And now I'm starting to see, you know what? I don't think this is me. I don't think I'm the crazy one here. And it's starting to come up during therapy. But again, the therapist is not catching what I'm saying. So, That is my experience going to therapy with an abusive person. We ultimately didn't get anywhere. They would often tell me that we were, that we were making all these growth, like changes and strides and things like that. But before I left, I remember finding my journal from year one, my journal from year two, and sitting there reading them and saying, nothing has changed. I'm still feeling the same things. We still have the same um, problems as a couple nothing has changed. So I always tell people journal, if you're starting a relationship, you're feeling weird journal, keep it in a safe place. Um, but ultimately after we broke up in August, my last podcast was about breaking up. We had a therapy appointment when I came back from two, three weeks in Indiana with my family. And when I finally emailed the therapist and said, we are broken up, I am not paying for therapy with this person anymore, like I am done. That was a huge step for me because had I gone to that therapy session, there's a very real chance that I would have been sucked back into it and probably stuck around for another couple of months because it's so easy to be convinced by the therapist, by your abusive partner, and even by your own self because you've been doing it for so long You have to stay together for the kids. You have to stay together for, you know, because everyone's trying, blah, blah, blah. Honestly, if, again, the label of narcissist doesn't matter. I say this all the time when people ask me um, if someone is like, look up emotional abuse. And if they're doing a couple of those things, don't do therapy with them. That is my advice. Having paid for therapy for over a year with this person, I just don't recommend that. But definitely get therapy for yourself if you can afford it and you're ready for it and you can find a good therapist and, um, I don't know, come up with a plan to get yourself some clarity and to, to get out of that relationship.
1: Okay. I just listened to this whole episode over. Um, I always do before I publish them and I'm now in my car. So I apologize for the, um, background noise if there is some, I do just want to clarify that I am in no way bashing therapy. I think that therapy is a very important tool. I wish that it was more accessible to everyone. I think that all of us could benefit from some form of therapy Um, and I myself. I've just started therapy with a trauma-informed, kind of narcissistic abuse expert, which has been very helpful. So I I do not want to discourage anyone from doing individual therapy and trying to find a therapist that fits for them. Um, So just a reminder that I'm not an expert and that um, I am simply talking about my negative experience in regular couples therapy with an abusive person.
0: Okay, I am going to go ahead and wrap this up. I know that was probably a lot of babbling. Um, So I appreciate everyone who listened all the way through that. As usual, I want to remind everyone that I am available on Instagram and TikTok at thelindseygoodman. You can also visit my website, TheLindsayGoodman.com. You can find more information there. I have other podcast episodes available. I have a blog on my website. Um, So please don't hesitate to reach out. I'm happy to hear from you if something stood out to you here. Again, if you have any questions or comments, Uh, thank you all for being here. And I hope this episode was helpful.